prepare your ears, humans. Happy, sad, confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Joe Manganiello and I nerd out on The Smiths and Zack Snyder's Justice League. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Well, the run of newbies is over for now. We had a nice little... I don't even know, was it five or six episodes in a row of new guests of the podcast? And that was nice, and I'm always thrilled to meet new people and welcome them into the, the happy, sad, confused world. But it's also nice to return to an old favorite, a friend of the show, uh, a friend to all of my shenanigans over the years, uh, Mr. Joe Manganello. Yes, the nerd in He-Man, in the body of a He-Man, um, that I, uh, I always love talking to. We have passionate discussions and arguments about all things in the nerd realms. Um, we've collaborated on a bunch of uh, comedic things over the years. He's always been one of the guys I love talking to and writing for. So it was fun to catch up with Joe, uh, who has a ton going on. Always keeping busy, always... You know, always with his foot in the in the um, geek world, he is the biggest. I mean, he lives the life. I mean, you hear some people be like, "Yeah, I'm a geek." I mean, no, this guy. If you if you've heard him talk before, if you've heard his background, he walks the walk. He may again, he may look like He Man and Superman, but inside, he's he's a bigger nerd than I am, and that's that's saying something. Um, so he's got a lot going on, as I said. There are a couple films in particular we talk about on this episode. One uh, is a, a small little kind of labor of love. It's called Shoplifters of the World. It's a very sweet movie. Um, the big selling point of this one is it has wall-to-wall music from the Smiths. So that's amazing. It's set in Denver in 1987. Uh, Joe plays kind of a shock jock, like a radio DJ. Um, but he's a kind of a supporting key player in the film. But it's really about a bunch of young people who are devastated by the breakup of the Smiths back then. And um, you can tell there's passion and love behind the film, and uh, uh, I would highly recommend you checking it out for the music, for the performances, for uh, a nice independent labor of love, Shoplifters of the World, that comes out later in March. I believe it's around March 26th, I want to say. So look out for that on VOD, etc. Now, you're not going to need to look out for the other movie we talk about because it's going gonna, it's gonna to just blast through the pop culture landscape <laughs> um, like nobody's business. It is, of course, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, I can't believe it's here. So uh, here's what I'm going to say. Um, we talk about... Okay, so first of all, I'll say this. I have seen Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, I can't believe I'm saying that. Like, it, it, it exists, and I've seen it. I've seen over four hours of Zack Snyder's vision for Justice League, and it, I'm not going to spoil anything. I, I don't think I'm even allowed to. I think they, Warner Brothers would kill me, or HBO Max would kill me. But um, I will say that, and I say this to Joe, I think if you're a Zack Snyder fan, you are going to be very satisfied. Um, and, yeah. Maybe I'll leave it there. Um, so there, there are no real spoilers in this conversation. Um, so that being said, if you are, if you want to go in like not knowing anything and you're really just trying to like, you know, keep this a pristine experience for you when uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League drops on HBO Max, don't listen to the podcast or don't listen to that section. But I really very consciously avoided spoilers. We did not go into anything that will spoil the film at all. There, there truly is nothing in there. Uh, but again, if you want to be like super careful about it, maybe wait a, a second. 
Um, that being said, we have a great chat, and actually our chat about Justice League and Deathstroke, who Joe, of course, plays, is really more about his journey with that character, and it's been a fascinating one. He was cast by Ben Affleck back when Affleck was going to star in and direct the Batman movie, uh, and Deathstroke was going to be like the main villain of that. Uh, and then Deathstroke was going to be, he had the cameo in the Justice League movie that came out in theaters. And then Deathstroke was going to get his own movie directed by Gareth Evans. And then Deathstroke was going to maybe be in the Suicide Squad. So there's been a ton, and we go into all of it. Joe is very candid and, get, and kind of walks me through the whole process. And there's a lot there. If you're here for stuff about the Snyder universe and about uh, Deathstroke and where it goes from here, and if it goes anywhere from here, this is, this is the chat for you. Because while we don't know anything, I think there's a lot, there are a lot of possibilities still. Um, which is fascinating. And I, I can, if you had talked to me two years ago, I don't know if I would have said, or Joe would have said, or Zach would have said there are possibilities, but I'm being honest and I'm not like just like trying to like bait people. Having seen the movie and knowing the interest that there's been in Zack Snyder's Justice League and knowing how this fan movement kind of willed this movie into existence, nothing would shock me at this point, truly. So we'll see. Um, so I think you, you guys will enjoy this chat. Um, and of course we just nerd out about Dungeons and Dragons, which Joe is obsessed with, and all sorts of other projects, Star Wars, etc. Uh, a fun chat, like I said, with a, a kindred spirit, Mr. Joe Manganello. Um, other stuff to mention, Sir Crazy, of course, continues. I got a lot of great feedback last week. If you haven't checked out the Daisy Ridley episode, um, please do. It's one of my favorites. Uh, we surprised her with Mara Wilson of Matilda fame. Matilda is Daisy's favorite movie of all time. She had no idea. And uh, you can literally watch her brain uh, melt in front of our eyes. And that was a delight. This week's episode, by the time you listen to this, we'll have up a new episode with Jack Quaid. Yes, Jack Quaid, star of The Boys. Um, that was fun. Uh, Jack is like, uh, you know, someone I haven't done a lot with, but is poised for a lot of uh, exciting, you know, new adventures in his life, thanks to the boys. And I feel like the internet loves Jack Quaid, and I get it. He's very charming and very open, and this was a super fun chat. So um, check that out on Stir Crazy on Comedy Central's YouTube page, Twitter feed, etc. That one is out there for you right now. Um, that's all the preamble for today. Uh, I'll get to the main event right now. This is me and Joe Manganello talking all things shoplifters of the world. And yes, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Please enjoy. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to have my, uh, my friend, my muse, a friend to all my pursuits, including Happy Sad Confused, Joe Manganello, back in the house. It's good to see you. Man, back. I'm back. We're, we're back. This is this is our back. this is our development call for the Vigo Car the Carpathian uh, TV series that we're working on, right? Yeah, the Vigo the Carpathian origin series. Yeah. That, yes. that's, that, there's ten episodes there in Netflix. There's there's ten hours of Vigo that should be explored, right? The Ghostbusters two prequel series, not part one, part two. This no, because everybody acknowledges the second one is where you really there's more backstory that needs to be explored. The and and you you sent me an interesting link to an article about the guy who played Vigo the Carpathian uh who who I guess was typecast or, or maybe maybe he's he actually is Vigo the Carpathian I was gonna say they, they found the one guy that has like a darker history than the character that he played uh that guy's life was pretty fucked up yeah it was insane I mean we, we you have a whole podcast about that why we should 
we should we'll i mean see. right yeah we'll do, we'll do a 10-part podcast on the history of the character and the actor uh, that played vigo well, it's like it's like a being John Malkovich or something. You know what I mean? Like we we need like a like a Spike Jones touch in that this guy is going from Vigo back to his his home life, which is scarier. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, first of all, let me get some temperature check stuff on you. We, we've we've kept in touch to a degree, but how is how's the dungeon? Have you made modifications? Is it? Yeah, big time. I actually ordered a new table. Uh, there's a company called Black Forest Wood. They're out of Canada, and uh, I, I put down the deposit down for a 12 foot by six foot blue resin mixed with cottonwood burl wood uh, table. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm currently upgrading. I have many, many, many miniatures uh, painted. I've been keeping my painters employed throughout COVID. Uh, they're, part, just, yeah. they're working. Um, so yeah, gonna, when, you, when you're DMing, uh, and the uh, and you're continuing the D and D I presume every week uh, with your buddies like so are online you, though. It's online. Well, I was yeah. gonna say so. Are you alone in the dungeon like while all your friends are zooming in? Uh, I'm. Well, I'm sitting at my my desk. This is my home office. So I I sit there because I have I can have the iPad open for Zoom so I can see everybody and communicate. And then I have uh, a PC, big PC screen where I can pop maps up. There's a program called Roll20. Okay. And uh, you, can, you can get maps. You can buy maps from people and make your own, you know, city and then blow it up and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm usually sitting right here at the desk. And, yeah, they all come in through Zoom. And some of them are on the East Coast. Like Big Show's on the East Coast. So he's coming in from Florida or wherever. Right. He's on the road wrestling that Friday. So- so, so, so talk to me a little bit about, okay, uh, you know, as I talk to people and catch up with people in recent times, I'm always just curious about like how the last year developed, like the, the best laid plans kind of blew up for all of us, right? We kind of all had to kind of like figure it out as we went. What was the last year? What was 2020 supposed to be? And when did it end up being for you? Like, did you end up shooting much? Like, what were you up to most of the year? Well, I wound up working a ton. Uh, I had three movies in the can that rolled out. Well, and the third one is getting ready to roll out. So, you know, it was kind of like every few months I had press to do. And then from there, like there was this big movie, like a big fun movie that was going to come my way. And because of the, you know, we aren't able to shoot, they turned it into an animated series. Oh, so, so is this the Zack Snyder? Or is this the Army of the Dead? Yeah. Yeah, so 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 it it pivoted perfectly into this idea, you know, into this animated series, which is amazing. And I've seen all the artwork and of my character and all the things that that I do and we do in it. And you know, it's great. It's like me and Batista have this huge knockdown drag out. You know, I hope not, I'm not giving too much away. I think that'll excite people to watch yeah. it. But it's all animated, um, and, and some of the stuff that we do on in that series is really fun. Um, God, I wish I could talk about more things because I have other things that I'm not supposed to talk about sure. that are animated or mocap. So I have some some really experimental things that are that are on the way that I got to do. I got to voice. I played the big villain in uh, the Dungeons and Dragons video game. It's going to come out soon, so I got to do that. Um, a couple of cartoon shows for Disney. I was going to say, um, a, lot, a lot of voiceover work in the last couple tons, of years. I mean, you've got all, one of your yeah. South by films, uh, you play uh, a guy that looks suspiciously like Zardoz to me. 
Uh, <laughs> I got a sweet mustache and mullet. What's that? That one's called what? Spine of the Night? Do I have that right? What's the Spine of Night? Yeah. Yeah, Spine of Night. And it's rotoscope. Like if you're a fan of old Ralph Bakshi movies, then it's a real throwback to that, which was like incredible. It took seven years to make. Like it's just there's like blood and sweat in every single animated frame of that movie. It's it's really. I just saw it and it's amazing. Nice. Yeah. So the let's 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 start by talking about two of the films that I've actually seen, and they they are different ends of the spectrum, uh, to say the least, in terms of size and scope. One could be the the catering budget of the other, uh, budget wise. Um, Shoplifters of the World, which is mm-hmm. something that sounds like it took a while to get going, as a lot of indies do. I mean, yeah. this goes back. I saw you were I think you were attached to this like in twenty fourteen. Does that sound right? Sure, and and before that, you before that. I think I read the script. I read it 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So what, what was the, I mean, I've seen it. It's very charming. And if anyone loves the Smiths, this is the movie made for you. Talk to me about sort of how you got hooked up with, with these guys and what was the, what was the appeal? Well, I read the script. I love the Smiths. I, uh, very similarly to, well, to my character in the film, you know, I grew up a metalhead in a lot of respects. I mean, I was also like a mid nineties raver, like drum and bass guy too, which we can, that's a whole other podcast. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I was, when I started doing theater, all the cool kids listened to the Smiths and there were all these, you know, mixtapes that got passed around with like, um, you know, violent Femmes and and James and the Smiths and, you know, all that cool alternative, like real alternative music that came out of the eighties and into the early nineties. And, um, and so I just, I love the Smiths and, and, have, and have been a Smiths, Smiths freak ever since and have, have like made friends and kept friends because of our love of the Smiths. And, you know, it's just one of those bands. Yeah. And I read this great script that was full of Oscar Wilde poetry and these little Easter eggs of Morrissey lyrics that he hadn't written yet in 1987 that kind of read like this, like a link later yeah kids in 1987 exploration um it felt like it came out of someone's memory of a night in their life or nights in their life and um and i just loved it and i just thought you know this is this is one of those sometimes you come across those hills that you know there's going to be a battle especially you know creating an independent film uh from the ground up but like it was one of those hills of like i'm gonna die on this hill getting this this movie made yeah and um and so it just became this real labor of love. And then, you know, Morrissey and Johnny Marr agreed to give us 20 songs to use in the movie, most of which had never been used before. Like, and they did, they were, they were very generous about the price. And, and so that was, yeah, know, I was going to say, gosh, so like, we had the music, it was like, we can do this. Yeah. Yeah. Like what comes first? Like, do you, does that script get written? And then do you go to Morrissey or like what, like, cause that's uh, if, if you don't get the buy-in, it, what what do you do with that movie? I mean, no, and and there is there was a price to sit down at the table. There was an ante, and the ante was yes, you need a script, you need to show them something that they're going to get behind, or or, or, or uh, and and then also you're going to have to you know, pretty please with sugar on top. You know, this is our budget, and you know this is what we can give you, and and um and so, but yes, you have to you got to start with that piece of material and they were good with that. I mean, of course, going into the casting process, every single, you know, representative, do you have the music? Right. You know, every financier, do you have the music? So that was their first question. So it was script first, then music, then money. Was, um, so you're playing uh, Full Metal Mickey, 
Mm-hmm. Did you have a, a guy like this in your life? Did you have like a Wolfman Jack, a, a D, like a, someone on the radio that you like, kind of like <laughs> followed along? Uh, no, but I had, uh, I, I had the, I had Eric Bogosian, <laughs> you know, I, I had, I had Henry Rollins. Yeah. I had my friend, Steve Jones, you know, I had Jonesy, you know, I had people that, um, you know, certainly I think when you talk about Bogosian, you talk about talk radio and, um, and, and then also like, if you think about vanishing point or even do the right thing, you've got these great. DJ characters that are kind of part prophet, part DJ. Yeah. And, um, and, and so then, of course, you mix it with the time period and you go, well, you know, I want to play too. So you go, all right, let me kill Meister Handlebar Mustache. I think that's where we're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> no man has really, you're, you're at the top of your game when, when you're manipulating your, what you got, your facial hair, the hair at the top of your head. You, you, You've had every conceivable look and you're just start getting started. I don't know where, where there is left to go. I know. And especially even the past year, you're asking like what COVID's been like. It's just been like the parade of haircuts <laughs> for, for whatever reason. It's like I, I, I grew it out long. Then I had to cut it short. Then I white mohawk. Then um, I'm going to be bald in a month for this other thing. So, well, I'll just dye it blue. And then now it's grown back. So, yeah. And, you know, but I've been ruining... So we shot shoplifters and I, I had the handlebar mustache. We shot it like, like right up to Thanksgiving. So it was the handlebar mustache for all the Thanksgiving photos. Then last year, the Thanksgiving photos were me with the homeless beard from Arch Enemy. Right. <laughs> this year, the Thanksgiving <laughs> photos were either, it was either me with the blue mohawk or me bald. But it's like, the joke with Sophia is like, what new way can I ruin your Thanksgiving? Well, I was going to say, this, is, there, is there one where like Sophia's like, Joe, seriously? Like, what the, come on. <laughs> it was funny the first four times, but now. See, I mean, well, that's the thing is like, you just shrug because you're like, hey, it's, it's not for pleasure. This I'm an actor, work. you get it, right? It's for work. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's, um, I mean, there's a seven-hour podcast to be done on, on the other project uh, that's about to be released, but we'll, we'll hit a, a, a little bit here. Um, I can't believe I can say this. I've seen Zack Snyder's Justice League, Joe. It exists. It's done. He did it. It's a remarkable story. It's crazy. Um, well, if you'll indulge me, and we've talked at some of this, but like, let's go through the history a little bit. Okay, so you were cast. You weren't cast by by Zach first, was it? No. It was first Ben, when Ben had his Batman script. I don't know if it was done or if he was working on it. How did that happen? Did you have to audition? Did you come in? Did he have you in mind? What happened? You know, I, I just come off of, a, of, of two very successful Warner Brothers movies and the Magic Mike movies. And so uh, I was, you know, I was in the mix over there. Yeah. Um, so every, all the executives over there, when, when it came up that Ben, I guess, wanted to, you know, wanted to make Deathstroke the villain, then this discussion happened, as, as I understand it, where um, the executives said, you know, who would be great is Joe. And then Zack Snyder, who knew me from years previous, said, yeah, I know Joe. Um, you, sh- you know, and they recommended, they vouched for me, uh, which set up a meeting with, between Ben Affleck and I, and Ben told me, you're the only person I'm meeting with. Um, and we had a discussion. We watched the Tim Miller video, uh, that, that, you know, the Tim Miller piece that got him, uh, Deadpool. Deadpool. Yeah. 
Yeah, he made the that that like Arkham Origins Deathstroke versus Batman video. Uh, you know, Ben and I we we talked about that a lot and um, and how that was going to relate to the action sequences. And uh, we talked specifically about you know one big action piece and what that was going to entail and kind of like you know not in great detail but kind of like painted the broad strokes and yeah. talked about character. I had no idea why I was there. I mean, I assumed secret project that shoots one day and. <laughs> August and then the whole movie for six months in May. I kind of went. I think this is Justice League of Batman, yeah. but I didn't know the character. So, um, so that was it. A week later, they called me back and said, um, "We need you in London. We need to start fitting you for your suit." So I was flying back and forth from London that whole summer, uh, and then at the end of the summer, I came back. We finished the suit, uh, tailoring the suit, and, and then Zach fired up the you know the transport plane for the justice league with all the smoking and he said Let, let's go let's go test this thing out and so zach and ben were behind the monitors and so was everybody else in the justice league like everybody came because they heard <laughs> they're testing out the new villain for ben's movie Amazing. and so it was like you know momoa and, 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 and you know i mean and the, and uh, gal and 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 you know, and Ben and, and Ezra, everybody lined up and was staring at them as I went and just did my, I did my thing, you know, what, which is that footage that Ben then released onto, he, he leaked it onto the, onto the web. Right. Um, but, you know, <laughs> funny, funny, just side story. While I was in London, you know, I brought Sophia and we went to tea, high tea. And um, she took a picture of me or we took a little picture together and it got out that I had shaved the sides of my head and had a goatee. And the CSI level detectives that are the Justice League DCEU fans put together while well, he's in London, his hair looks like that, his facial hair looks that, what's shooting, what could it be, and figured out that I was desperate. That's amazing. And then how soon after were you shooting your bit for Justice League? Well, that was that, that trip when we did that test footage. Same trip. Um, we then, uh, it was like, like within days, the crew moved to Monaco. We went to, uh, um, uh, we went to the Monaco Bay, you know, Monte Carlo, and, right. uh, and, and they got this huge yacht, you know, Lex Luthor's yacht for us to shoot on. And, and I mean, it was pretty quick. You know, so we, we were there, we shot that, and then... Um, and and then and then and then six months later, I you know got notification that Batman wasn't wasn't going to happen. Right. So and, okay, uh, before we get part, to that sadness, let's yeah. let's let's talk a little bit about so the Justice League scene. So I, I'm not going to ruin um, what version. It's a different version. I can say that of the scene um, that we see in this film. So did you only shoot that scene? Did you shoot a couple different versions with Zach? Was it solely Zach, or did Joss ever direct you as Deathstroke? No. So, yeah, the scene that I shot, the, the original ending scene for Justice League, I shot with, with Zach because Zach was the director of right. Justice League. And this was going to be the end sequence you know, of, his, of his movie. But it was originally to tease, simply tease me as the villain. Uh, and I would show up then later yeah. uh, in, in Ben's movie. It was, just, it was just to set that up. Well, and then and what's in Zack Snyder's Justice League again without ruining it is clearly a tease like yes it's it's a the dialogue is much more of a tease into that batman movie that sadly we will i guess never see yeah yeah right. probably probably not i would imagine 
so did was there finality on the on the whole the, i mean we, we've talked about this before but the, the 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 crushing thing about these things is they linger right it's like what's happening with it and gareth gets involved on, on his thing and it's like when is it over over like when do you let go like did you was there a moment where you kind of like let go of the deathstroke dream or was it kind of like a long slow sad goodbye <laughs> well it, it's also it's also not over you know currently so right. there there are you know there are little irons that are in the fire um and and to kind of answer your question there's like i can answer like four different parts of your question so, so did i give up on it um yeah at some point for my own sanity i had to yeah um and with that said yeah i mean imagine you know the revenant jumping out of the tree and just banging every branch on the way you know jumping off the cliff and you know and you just bang every branch on the on the tree on the way down it was it was a bit like that because yeah it was like as soon as batman was over you know i developed a treatment for an origin film and um people were interested in it and um while i was shooting bottom of the ninth in new york one night gareth evans and i had a two hour long skype call about what an origin movie could be for this character. And he was somebody who never wanted to do a studio movie. He just, he's that guy. He wants yeah. to retain his auteurship. He's a true artist. I mean, if you watch Raid and Raid 2, oh my God, that guy, it was revolutionary what he did. And he said he, he, he said he would do it. He said he would, he said he would make the movie. And um, then what happened was a whole, you know, a whole changing of the guard at the studio. Yeah, and that project. That whole, yeah. Yeah, and this project was was like one of the main pieces that got caught up in in that and chewed up by it. And when you know when the dust settled, it, it was not a, it was not seen as a priority to make a you know forty million dollar movie about a villain origin story <laughs> in which you show the backstory and uh, it's never gonna work. Why would that ever? <laughs> that would never work. <laughs> That would never make a billion dollars and get someone an Oscar. Never. So, you know, it, it just got lost in that and, and it's sad. But then, but then it was like other people wanted to pick up the baton and then there were like five different incarnations. Well, then there was, so then they redid the end credit sequence to tease a Justice League to Injustice League for the bad guys. That didn't happen. Um, yeah, clearly, obviously. Um, and then, uh, and then there were like four or five different versions of Suicide Squad 2 that I was put on hold for, you know, for dates waiting for one actor to free up and we were going to go. And like that happened like four or five times and, and, and oh, never wow. came to fruition. Like when like so, Gavin O'Connor was directing it or other folks. Yeah. There was a Zach Penn script and there was the Gavin version. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, there was like a with Will Smith, without Will Smith, there was like just just me and Will Smith. Like it was just, you know, <laughs> it, it just went on and on. Um, and then there were like other movies. Maybe we'll be the villain in this one. And right. it's like, I can't do it. I, I it's, just need to. I'm, I'm kind of endlessly fascinated. Now having seen it, like, and I, you know, you know, Zach's fans, they're going to love this movie. Like this is Zach. This is like, this is Zack Snyder's Justice League. It lives up to that title. I would not be shocked. And like, I... I was a pessimist at one point, like, are we ever going to see this? What's this even going to be? I feel like this is going to stoke the flames for something. And I don't know what it leads to. I don't know if, like, we do go back to the Snyderverse. But, like, I would not, at this point, I would not be shocked about anything. About you doing Deathstroke as an HBO Max series. Or who right. the fuck, you know, I mean, like, 
Do you agree? Yeah. No, I, I, I agree a hundred percent. And and I think, um, I think that there's like, you know, that's kind of the, you know, the good news and the bad news, you know, like what, what, however you look at it, it's like, I, I think, I think there's going to be, there's going to be excitement over continuing what Zach was, was up to. And, um, and that would, uh, you know, what was it like shooting the new stuff? Again, we're not going to, I want to spoil the specifics, but were you, were you alone or did you get to do stuff with Ben or Jared for this? No, I did. It was, it was all COVID, uh, COVID friendly. We all did the, uh, you know, took all the protocols and, and showed up on set together. So, um, yeah, we, we were all there together. Crazy. And whose idea was the new hairstyle? Me, uh, you know, part of living with a character for four years, thinking maybe around the next bend, you're, you're going to get to play him. Um, you know, you can't help but percolate and think. And, uh, and, and, I, and in the treatment that I wrote for the standalone and in the end of the film, I, I always envisioned, uh, I envisioned him shaving his head into some kind of like warlike, almost like borderline suicide mission mm. you know this is it like i'm gonna die like a warrior and you know mm -hmm. and uh and i told zach that you know i explained that to zach and he said great let's do it, it it's you know we're at another fascinating kind of pivot point i feel like in all these comic book movies both on the marvel and dc side we're like we're exploring these multiverses where like there's this open you know again we're gonna see on the DC side, this Flash movie, we're gonna see mm -hmm. Keaton. We're gonna see Keaton as Batman again. How crazy is that? It is crazy. That's that's wild. <laughs> well, and also like there's just so many questions I have under what context and yeah. and then and then how do you marry very distinctive, you know, style choices? You know, Tim Burton's films were so stylized. I know. Um, that's my one yeah, hesitancy about way. it is like, I don't know. I, Muschietti's done some cool stuff, but like taking that very specific world that Tim created and that back. Yeah, it's I know. How, you, how do you take a character in the Nolan verse and drop them into the, the Snyder verse and, and the Burton verse yeah. and the Joel Schumacher verse? How do you, what, you know, Mr. Freeze, you know? Like, <laughs> he's going to come out and freeze everybody, you know? It's just. <laughs> So now on the Marvel side, um, I feel like it's inevitable. We're going to see your Flash Thompson, obviously, return in the multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you have to mix the Raimi-verse with the, you know, the Holland-verse or you know, the Watt-verse. Hey, I mean, Raimi's back in the Marvel fold. You never know. I mean, yeah, yeah. Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Um, we've had some healthy Star Wars debates over the years. Uh, where are you? Are you? Did you watch Mandalorian? Are you? I know you're old school. Your original trilogy or bust. Are you at all into these new series? These twelve new yeah, series. Yeah, no, the Mandalorian is my favorite Star Wars since 1983. Um, um, no offense to the holiday special, <laughs> uh, but I, I, I uh, no, I, I like the Mandalorian. I, I, I like the Western aspect of it. I like the episodic aspect of it. Um, I think the formula is great. Um, are we doing spoilers or not? For Mandalorian? Yeah. Yeah, spoiler alert, Mandalorian. Anyone listening to this has watched all Mandalorian. Listen, I have a little chihuahua sleeping on my lap that I adopted a year and a half ago. 
I'm not giving it over to Luke Skywalker, over my dead body. Okay? You want the Chihuahua? Come, come on. through me. <laughs> We're, you got to come through me first. And I got this brand new spear that I'm going to run through you and take my dog for a walk afterwards. What do you think about, you love Darth Vader. You loved, I know we talked about David Prowse, RIP, what he brought to, to Darth. Um, I'm, I'm excited that Ewan's doing Obi-Wan, but I'm a little, the, the, they said that Hayden's coming back as, I guess, Darth. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm conflicted on this in a number of levels. Like, I don't want another fight between them. I always imagined they, were ne- they never saw each other again until, I mean, until A New Hope. Yeah, I, you know, I'm always curious how you handle the giant IP and how you manage all the stories within it. Like, that's what makes me really curious, I think. The most cur- you know, the, you know about, uh, that's what I'm most curious about in terms of all the, the modern Star Wars stuff is, is how they handle the lore or... You know, there's comic books and, and books and fan fiction. There's all this stuff. And so the question is, you know, what's canon, what's not? Yeah. Um, you know, there certainly were things that were said in the prequels that conflicted with what were said in the earlier Star Wars movies that came after it, you know, as far as Obi-Wan and, 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 and uh, Anakin's relationship. So, you know, are they going to try to straighten it out? Do they have a fix for that? I guess that's what I'm curious about. Do they have a fix for that? Right. Um, uh, let, let, let's move over to your other passion, the biggest in your life, I would say, arguably on the pop culture side, D&D. Um, conflicted feelings about this D&D movie? I mean, I don't, how is Hugh Grant in a D&D movie before Joe Manganiello is in a D&D uh, movie, Joe? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Something is wrong in the universe. I mean... You know, look, you know, the fantasy that I grew up with was was very, um, I don't know, what's the right word? Um, you know, I, I aspired to be Conan the Barbarian and John Milius is Conan and Conan, Conan the Destroyer, like, you know, say what you will. I, I just, that, that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to swing a sword. I wanted to chop the heads off and give the speeches to Kram. Oh my God, you come down to me if you don't hear me. I said, to hell with you. You know, like I, and then you just, you know, cut somebody's head off and knock them off the horse. Like that was what I wanted out of fantasy, you know? And then some romance, you throw that in and it's like, we got it, glory. And so, um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's what that movie is, you know what I mean? I or if that's what part of, of fantasy it, it occupies. You know, there's another side of it where you could say Monty Python and the Holy Grail is a fantasy movie. You know, now it's amazing, but you know, or, or How High with Danny McBride, you know, mm-hmm. like, and James Franco, like you just, you just don't know tonally yeah. um, what they're looking for. Um, and, and it could go a lot of different ways. I mean, Jumanji is like kind of a, derivative of the original D&D cartoon from the 80s. Like that's kind of what it is basically. Um, And you could go that direction with it. You know, when I, the game that I run on Fridays is it's Conan the Barbarian, it's Excalibur, you know, it's that. I mean, not to say that there aren't like moments of hilarity with, with like, you know, Vince Vaughn, you know, and the guys, you know, you know, my brother, he's like a very, very funny, dry Mm -hmm. guy. So, you know, there's a lot of laughs, but it's, it's epic in its scope. And, um, you know, um, it it just might, it might not be that. Have have you tried to get Arnold into your D&D game? (laughs) 
I don't think Arnold would be, you know, no, but you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if Arnold. I mean, Arnold would get it. Arnold's like whip smart, so there's no question as to whether Arnold's intellect would hold up, like 100. Um, percent But like, you know, well, there there actually was a Conan world in Dungeons and Dragons. There was a Conan realm that you could go to. Like there was kind of Greyhawk and Forgotten Realms and, and then Dragonlance. And then there was there was Conan. And I actually just recently over COVID, I've been tracking down all of uh, a lot of really rare modules uh, to create a library out of, of reference material. Um, and, and I have all the Conan modules and some of them actually have photos of Arnold that they cleared and, and had on, on the cover. So I could make Arnold a Conan the Barbarian you know, I would like to rage. I will destroy you. I will crush my enemies. You know, I, I mean, that would be fucking epic. <laughs> who, who do you text with more, Arnold or Paul Rubens? I feel like this uh, is... Paul, Paul, Paul Rubens is a texter. <laughs> so so Paul, uh, Paul is always sending me, like on my birthday, I will get message, like videos all day long. Thanksgiving, he'll have like 50s families, like stuffing a turkey. Like it's hilarious so yeah oh, that, that sums you up i think in a nutshell the fact that you're you've become besties with peewee and arnold the polarity well my, my my bachelor party my bachelor party i was sitting between peewee and, and arnold paul and arnold and, and and then they started talking about like 80s hollywood stories and it was unbelievable um a bunch of the stuff we've discussed um Shoplifters, you produced. You and Nick have your own production company. What's the what do you guys? What's the mandate right now? Having a few of these under your belt, what are you looking to do? Is it expressly stuff for you, or, or what's the you know what's the what are you trying to do? Um, I mean to be honest with you, like I've always wanted to show run. I've always wanted to run a show. If there was the right science fiction property or fantasy property, let's say. Um, I can honestly say that, that either A, I know more than any other human being on the planet about it, mm-hmm. or B, you give me a year and I will know as much as any other human being on the planet about it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there, there's a thing like, I think with fantasy, and I think you, you, you'd probably agree with me because you're a fan, you've always been a fan of the genre, even when it wasn't mainstream or popular, but you know, it needs to be made, it needs to be created by somebody with fantasy in their bones. Yeah. You need it in no. your bones. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you're like so nerdy that you can't communicate with other humans. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, you know, you need a good feel for what an audience wants, obviously. Um, you know, but, but like it needs to be in your bones and you need to love it. Um, I think all too often the formula is let's go find people who don't have it in their bones because they're on our list of who's hot right now and they tick a box and they wind up making something that is completely off to the core audience of people who love it. And I am one of those people who love it. So I always thought that that would a showrunner like would be a good job because for me, because I love it so much. I would be working. I'd be there before everybody came in and I'd be the last one to leave and you know, I, I would, I would, I think that would, that would wind up on screen. Would you, would you want to act in something that you're show running or does it feel like? As long as it doesn't interfere with the story, uh, then, then yes. I mean, the other side of it is like, there's certain roles and tropes and things that I think I understand on a certain level or, or what is to be expected of that within a fantasy setting. I think that, that, that helps. 
So, I mean, you kind of get to a point where you're like, well, we need a big six foot five guy who can swing a sword convincingly. And, you know, then you're like, okay, let's get him. You know, like, why wouldn't I? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I, I know a guy. I see him in the mirror yeah. every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It does, does it feel like in your, as you've been developing things and doing meetings and whatever, there's more of an appetite. It seems like, you know, in the wake of Game of Thrones and the wake of all mm -hmm. the streamers and like just like hungry for content, yeah. now is the time for whether specifically what you're talking about or generally what you're talking about, about launching kind of new fantasy, sci-fi, extended series projects? Yeah, absolutely. I think it is, uh, you know, not the final frontier, but it's certainly the next frontier. Like that currently is what is being heavily gentrified within the entertainment industry. Um, yeah. You know, I think we got into a technology level where we can make dragons look amazing and, and we can do things, um, you know, the giants, and Game of Thrones were like such a marvel that people don't talk about, but like they're human, but they're bigger and it looked perfect. Yeah. Um, so you can get there. And I think the mainstream has been fed fantasy, whether they knew it or not. You know, when Return of the King wins Best Picture and Two Towers and Fellowship could have also both won, um, you know, and you're talking about 17 Oscars and billions and billions of dollars and ex an extended cut that's better than the original. Like, people have seen it. They yeah. know it. They've, you know, and, and then when you get into the Game of Thrones, now you're hitting a very highbrow HBO, um, you know, crowd with dragons and magic. Yeah. Like, they've been indoctrinated whether they even know it or not. And so I think the problem is then, well, then all the bean counters swoop in and it's like, where do we get the next one? Or how do we copy that? And, you know, there, I just hope that like, you know, like I said, enough people with it in their bones are in charge of these things because there's some amazing properties that all are getting snatched up. And I just hope that there's enough people working on them that they can bring these like amazing stories that I love, like Eisenhorn, and, you know what I mean? Like, right. you know, like there's just really great stuff that's getting snatched up that I never thought would get snatched up that is. And I just hope that that, that kind of care uh, goes into it and like I said it's like it's always been my dream from the time I was a kid people were surprised that I've gone up an actor who knew me as a kid right they're like we thought you'd be a director or somebody running the show or moving all the people and pieces around because that's what you did as a kid with your friends yeah well it's what you're doing every Friday night as DM so <laughs> right 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 <laughs> someone, exactly someone give this guy 200 million dollars in 10 episodes and he'll do it well, and I think, you know, funnily enough, I, th I think me running that game on Friday, a lot of it was like getting those juices flowing again and getting, getting that back up to speed or, you know, kind of shifting from being only an actor, getting back into like telling a story and, and laying the tracks down and, 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 and um, you know, awakening those muscles that I used to work out as, as a, when I was younger. Um, I was going to say, maybe we'll save this for next time because I feel like it's a whole nother conversation, the comfort movie thing I've been doing with people, but I feel like we've had the kind of conversation that has, like, I feel like we put a nice bow on it. So we'll save the Godfather talk for next time. I was intrigued by your pick, man, because having said all the fantasy stuff, you went a different route, but, but let's save it because we, we're going to talk every, yeah. few, every once in a while. Let's save well, it. I, I just will say that like the other day, I was, well, maybe this, we'll tease. This is okay. our, okay. this is our end credits teaser, but you know, we, <laughs> You know, I was working out the other day and, um, you know, I had a little gym in the basement and, um, and I saw Godfather was on like Bravo and I was like, oh, you know, and put it on while I was working out. And it's like, just sucked in. I've, well, yeah. And I'm, so it's something that I will put on while I'm working out. I have in the background, it's comforting. 
Like you're I, part of the family. You're when, one of the Corleones. Yeah, when you're Sicilian, this is your birthright. This is a <laughs> part of you. You understand it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised, Frank. I've been doing, asking for comfort movies for about a year since all this insanity began, and no one's chosen The Godfather until you. So you've, you've reserved it. For next time, you've reserved it. I'm not going to let somebody steal it from you. Um, yeah. And then we can yeah. debate why Godfather, not Godfather 2, and then we can have the real heated debate about Godfather 3 and if it's even a worthy Godfather movie. To be continued. Well, I need to watch the new... I need to watch the new Coppola rearrangement. You should check it out. It's, there's not a ton different, but it's still a good excuse to revisit. I'll say Oh, is, I mean, three. Nobody talks about three. Oh, see, this is, one of our, this is going to be one of our good debates. We're really teasing because you know I, mean? I, I like a lot of three. It's not, it's not the same level, of course, but it's, it's an okay movie. I'll give you two. We could argue all. I mean, look, there is, there is, a, there is like a, you know, no, that's like a real el- elders debate. Like we need yes. to get the, the monks from, in, 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 from India to go to <laughs> Sri Lanka and meet in a summit meeting to discuss the merits of one versus two. I'm not going to die on the hill for three. Don't worry. But uh, I'm just saying <laughs> it's a watchable, decent movie. Um, let's remind folks, shoplifters of the world, people are going to be able to check it out this month, a little later on in March, right? Finally. That's right. March 26th, VOD. You can get it. Uh, if you're a Smiths fan, you'll love it. If you're a young person, you'll love it. If you're of our generation, nostalgic 80s, 1987, you'll love it. If you're a metalhead, you'll love it. There you go. And uh, you won't be able to avoid this other uh, thing, this four-hour behemoth from Zack Snyder's uh, amazing brain, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, about to drop. Um, yeah, there's a lot to chew on in that one. And uh, who knows what comes of it? I'm really, like I said, I'm really intrigued, man. I'm optimistic, too. I love Zack. Um, obviously, I'm you know, working with Zack on this, in this other universe and would love to continue working with Zack. I, I just, I love Zack. You know, Every actor you know you're that's worked with him, they, lo- they, they love him to a man. He's just, a, he, he, for a guy that's like so steeped in visuals, like he seems to be an actor's director. Actors love him. He's an actor's director, but the other side of it is like, you know, like his mind, like if you watch that trailer, I mean, the trailer's out, you, like it's, you can't help but go, oh my God, at the end of it, just the shots. You know he's going to make you look cooler than you've ever looked in your life. And I think for an actor, it's like, wow like please like let's just keep shooting all day like what else yeah. what else you got what are you thinking about like let's let's go with it so there's an excitement i think to working with him because he, he is the way he sees things is is a hundred times cooler than than i could ever envision it zach snyder's kind of the barbarian coming soon yes <laughs> yes thanks buddy always good to catch up i appreciate it Actually, it's great to see you, man. I, I wish we lived next door to each other and had an underground tunnel between our heads. <laughs> it's a long tunnel, but hey, we're, we're getting on the better side of it. I'm sure we'll see each other at least this year. I'm, yeah. I hope at least. All right, man. All right, thanks, buddy. Talk awesome. to you soon. I'll see you soon. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. Ha <laughs> ha